1: Yes, indeed. Welcome in. It is a brand new edition of the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. He is the owner, the operator, the purveyor of SportsMediaWatch.com. Uh, John Lewis, a.k.a. Paulson, back aboard for another edition. We are out chronologically a day later than normal, but that gave John and I the benefit of seeing the re-debut of the NHL on ESPN Tuesday night with the start of the 2021-2022 hockey season getting underway. Lots to talk about from that to college football, baseball playoffs, and the NFL. John, good to be back with you for another edition of the show. How are things? I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be back with you. And we should say to the audience, however you found this show through John's site, sportsmediawatch.com through a social media link, the easiest way to get it when we come out fairly early in the week, usually uh, is through subscribing or following us on Apple podcast and Spotify. You do not have to pay for this podcast. It is a, a free podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify. So follow us there, subscribe everywhere else. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Spreaker, wherever wherever else you get podcasts. Uh, Make sure that you are uh, signed up, following us, subscribing, and the podcast will come automatically to you. Done with that disclaimer, let's begin with the NHL and the re-debut for the first time in 17 years. ESPN was back in the hockey television business as they broadcast the doubleheader. Uh, I'm based here in the Tampa Bay area, John, and so it was a a momentous night for the Tampa Bay Lightning to raise the Stanley Cup banner for a second straight season, back-to-back championships. ESPN was here doing their live pregame coverage, um, and then into the game broadcast with Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro, national game, standalone game. Welcome back, ESPN, right? What are your thoughts, John? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of different thoughts. One, it is
2: obviously far better to be on ESPN and TNT than to be on NBCSN. It was probably the first time in a long time that the NHL seemed to be integrated into the broader sports media landscape. And uh, ultimately, you know, that's a big deal. It's It's a tremendously big deal to be on regular TV. NBCSN, it had the, you know, the NBC branding, but it was really OLN and versus, right? And, uh, you know, uh, to be back on regular TV is a tremendous milestone for the league. Um, I thought, you know, ESPN has always had a great deal of love for the NHL. Love that, honestly, I feel like has not necessarily been shown to, say, the NBA even I'd, at a more you know, obviously, the NBA gets covered incessantly in ESPN, but there's a difference between being covered and being loved. The NHL was never covered on ESPN, but the people in Bristol love the league. Right. Uh, and you could see that shine through. Given given that it is ESPN, that love is also love of itself. So, you know, uh, I think it was uh, I saw a few people uh, uh, saying this, that it was basically ESPN was spending the entirety of the broadcast celebrating its coverage of the NHL, which is, of course, on brand for, you know, the most uh, self-absorbed you know media company that there is. And they make Fox News look humble by comparison. Right. So, you know, I mean, when it when it comes down to it, there was a beautiful love letter to ESPN's coverage of the NHL that kind of neglected to an extent the fact that the NHL has been continuing to exist, even though ESPN wasn't airing it. Right. You know, I mean, let's be real. But uh, I think it's good. I think it'll be a good thing for the NHL to be back on real sports TV. And uh, with all due respect to NBCSN, that thing's going out of business. Right. You know, I mean, it was maybe a moderate step up from Sports Channel America for the NHL these past uh, many years. So to be back on Real Sports TV. And uh, more importantly, you know, the ESPN deal is nice, but, you know, ESPN may love the NHL, but it's, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out the right terminology. It's affectionate neglect, Right. Because ESPN may have a deep down appreciation for the NHL, but that's not going to be enough to ensure adequate TV windows. It's not going to be enough to ensure being talked about regularly on these you know, talk shows. The fact of the matter is, on all those ESPN talk shows, they're going to talk about the NHL the way they do about the WNBA, which is to say, hey, everyone, we're talking about the NHL today. Look how nice we are. We don't actually care about this. We don't pay any <laughs> attention to it. We don't know any of the stars, but we're going to act like we do because we're good people. That's how they cover the WNBA. And that's how they're going to cover the NHL,
1: right? Um, oh, too bad about those emails. Is that me or uh, you? Not, Is that ESPN emailing you already in response in rebuttal to the podcast? That would be neat and interactive if that was the case, but no. Uh, one other point yeah. uh, that I think we should make mention of uh, here in the whole relationship the, for the longest time, they were uh, bitter divorcees. Mm-hmm. When the NHL departed from ESPN, uh, I don't think it's too strong to say ESPN w- went to war in terms of going silent on regular season NHL coverage. And until we absolutely have to talk about it in, in the postseason, in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the Stanley Cup final, we're not going to talk about it. That was that was the case for a while. So you're right on that whole broader point that across their platforms online and everywhere else, they will now cover it more, but Mm -hmm. we know what the truth is. This is what you were saying. They're going to talk about the NFL. Mostly they're going to talk about the NBA, probably second, maybe college football second right now, but probably the NBA second, the NHL will fight with the WNBA, the baseball playoffs, MLS, whatever else they have. That's your point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, look, uh, this is a seven-year deal. By the end of year seven, I feel like NHL fans, I said this last week, all these NHL fans, you know, uh, on HF boards and all the other places talking down NBC, man, I'm glad we left NBC. They're going to be saying a lot worse about ESPN by the end of this deal because, you know, look, ESPN is in the business of promoting ESPN. ESPN is in the ESPN business. And ESPN ultimately it'll lose interest. You know, the only reason ESPN covers the NBA the way that it does is because the NBA has given ESPN incredible material. But if you remember when that deal started, I mean, everyone just forgets. But when ESPN first got the NBA, the coverage that ESPN gave the NBA was not that much better than what it was given the NHL. ESPN's first ever NBA Finals game under this deal, they aired a two-hour sports Center special that afternoon about Sammy Sosa's corked bat. I, you know, and the fact of the matter is, if not for LeBron picking up the way that he did, if not for Kobe getting the Lakers back to relevance and against the Celtics in the finals two out of three years, you know, that the NBA had to ESPN didn't raise up the NBA, the NBA kind of pulled itself up by its own bootstraps. And then ESPN was like, okay, well, let's get something out of this. So for the NHL, it's not just that, oh, well, ESPN is going to make us bigger. That's just not the way it's going to be. Now, ESPN will make you bigger than you were on NBCSN just by default. But ESPN's not going to, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't think the NHL is going to be able to just have this deal and then after seven years be
1: higher up than it's ever been. Understood on that point. Uh, give me a couple of quick takes. Uh, because we saw the team of Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro. I've got to confess, again, I, uh, I do play-by-play, play, uh, a lot of play-by-play play for a living, uh, in addition to a lot of other duties. I was impressed with Sean McDonough calling. The, I'd never heard him call a hockey game before. Obviously, for him to get the lead assignment with Ray Ferraro, what, what were your thoughts here, John, on him calling the Lightning Penguins game right off the bat?
2: Well, you know, honestly, I didn't hear as much of it as I should have. Um, You know, the reality is that, you know, it'll be a a, a real test for McDonough because he had the Monday night football job. That's as big a job as ESPN offers. And, you know, I said this last week, he did not really bring it. I was surprised by how little he brought it. You know, maybe he knew that John Gruden would be going down in a few years. So he didn't bring his best effort (laughs) to that partnership, but, you know, uh, it'll be a test for him because even though the NHL is not the highest rated sport in the world, anytime you're the lead of a, a national sport, you know, that's a big deal. So it's a test uh, of someone who's done world series and, you know, done money football, but ultimately probably has not been at the level that his talents would seemingly, you know, indicate. So um, I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how he develops over the course of the season. Uh, and Ferraro is, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've
1: seen Ray Ferraro on TV. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, I got you on that. And the second game, the Las Vegas game and the historic first ever game for the road team, the Seattle Kraken, had John Gross, who's known mostly as a sports center anchor, but he's a huge hockey guy like you were referencing. And I really like him on the call. He was excellent on the call, and I think Brian Boucher is really good coming over from ESPN, so it'll be interesting on that team. Steve Levy will also blend in and will do games of of play-by-play. He was the studio host for last night, so that was interesting. Now we morph it into, just real quick, and then we'll move on, Turner, for the first time ever, Turner and TNT and TBS broadcasting hockey, and they will do so with another doubleheader on uh, on Wednesday again as we're releasing the podcast and that will be the familiar voices of Kenny Albert and Eddie Olczyk on the main Turner team and I've already said to you I, I believe Olczyk is one of the best analysts of any sport of anything on U.S. Sports TV I love him I love him with Kenny Albert I think that's a I think that's a win for Turner that's my take on that but this is new uh, territory for Turner going into the hockey world and it begins on Wednesday night
2: Well, you know, Turner is a very interesting one. One, they're getting bigger and bigger. You know, they're getting a lot more stuff. I mean, think about it. 48-hour period, baseball playoffs, NBA preseason, NHL. Next week, they'll have the actual NBA season, the NHL. In fact, next week, they got the NLCS. They've got NBA opening night doubleheader, Wednesday NHL doubleheader, thursday nba doubleheader I mean, this is this is incredible for a company that you know kind of comes off like a mom and pop sometimes and we forget you know obviously now owned by at&t at least for now uh, they're a massive massive player in all of this but you know can
1: you hear me by the way over the drill we're all good you got a little construction going on if yeah. uh if tim the tool man taylor needs to stop by and make a cameo just let us know keep going
2: yeah well you know i mean look when it, when it comes down to it turner is a big deal they are a big competitor uh, they've got a very formidable and impressive lineup of sports at this point um, and uh it's interesting they don't bring the baggage that ESPN does ESPN brings baggage into everything right i mean they do you know uh, there's just tons of baggage in Bristol and you're always it's always about ESPN turner even though they're basically just doing the nba or nhl on nbc part 2 right you know this is basically aftermash for nbc uh ultimately it's new and fresh and different even though it's all the same people that we've seen for the past you know 16 years so i think uh it'll be i think it'll be a good thing to see i'm looking forward to seeing what they do i hope they have better theme music than they did in the preseason i really hope that music from the preseason was not their actual theme but uh you know
1: We'll see what happens. Speaking of that, just one more. I thought it was a really neat feature with Justin Bieber narrating, and it's Bob Christensen, right, that is the composer that wrote the ESPN theme so many years ago, 25-plus years ago that he wrote – the NHL on ESPN theme. I thought it was a really nice touch. That's available online. You can go and search for it and find it. They did a little two or three-minute welcome back to the NHL with a nice touch of having Barry Melrose hand him the conductor stick and say, welcome back, my friend, to conduct the NHL on ESPN. But you're right. Sometimes you gravitate to that theme music. Certainly, uh, Fox hit the all-time, it's a mixed metaphor, a grand slam with the NFL on Fox theme that has been synonymous with their coverage of NFL football now for 20, what, seven, 28 seasons. So much so they now use it on other things. So theme music can have that kind of impact.
2: Yeah. Well, Fox has finally gone back to not using the NFL theme on everything. If you notice your baseball music is actually back to normal after like a decade. <laughs> um, but iconic, iconic theme music matters. Everyone knows this. They may not want to admit it because they might want to prefer to use you know the uh pop artist of the month but iconic theme music matters Uh, it was very interesting to me having suffered through 20 years of the nba on espn that they uh, had this uh feature on the great theme music that they did for the nhl when all i've been asking for since 2002 is just a little bit of john tesh right you know some of that john tesh nba on nbc it's so interesting because we've had this obsessive 90s nostalgia. I mean they're bringing back head of the class. you know you realize head of the <laughs> class is so obscure even I haven't seen it right All right So like I mean they're bringing back every single thing from the 90's, okay everything. I even read the other day that uh, I think Justine Bateman has a new movie that she's directing. so even even Justine Bateman's coming back from the 80's and 90s, right everybody. From that era has something that they're doing, but no John Tesh on the NBA.
1: Well, they they were using round ball rock, I believe is what it's called on Fox for the Big East basketball coverage. And that's been there for like a year or two. So Tesh is getting worked back in. But yeah, that theme became synonymous. You're right with the NBA. I mean, it's uh, the
2: NBA's it's the NBA's heavy action. That's what it is. Yeah, it is the heavy action for the NBA. And, you know, so to have uh, ESPN kind of, you know, wow, we look at our great theme music. And and again, that's ESPN being just uh, over the top in terms of self-promotion as well. NBC had a pretty good theme for the NHL for many years, right? But, you know, I mean, theme music matters. And uh, ultimately... I feel like there's no way you can hear me. Can you actually hear me over this? Uh, we're all
1: good. Yep, we're all good. Wow. Magic of radio. While the while the yeah. construction is going on around John, we're making do and getting it done with the podcast. But you're right. Theme, theme music does seem uh, to matter and to mean something and to build with this. Okay, so I'm curious here on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast, we saw a massive number for college football in prime time with number one, Alabama losing to Texas A&M. Uh, John help me with all the correct numbers. I believe the game averaged well over 8 million and it peaked at over 13 million in the closing like half hour or 15 minutes of Texas A&M's upset late Saturday evening. I'm curious now with the baseball coming, the National League Championship Series against a couple of different college games that don't involve number one, Alabama, Give me a little ratings prognostication. How do you think the NLCS will do uh, against college football on Saturday night?
2: Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think it's not that notable of a head-to-head because, you know, the NLCS faces college football every year. I do think it'll be interesting to see if the Dodgers advance to get Braves-Dodgers again. That didn't do very well last year, but then again, nothing did, right? That might have just been a COVID-related thing. Maybe that's a good matchup. Praise giants I don't think, would do very well. Baseball wants it the Dodgers and not the Giants. I mean, let's just not forget what the ratings were like in, in 10, 12, and 14. But, um, you know, I mean, the NLCS should hold its own. Um, college football obviously will win the time slot across all networks. But, you know, as far as an individual game window, I don't know. You know, I mean, I think if you look, ESPN has Alabama against Mississippi State. ABC has Oklahoma versus TCU. But those aren't really the most incredible matchups. In fact, it kind of looks like it's going to be a pretty quiet week. I mean, the big game is Kentucky-Georgia in the afternoon. Uh, You're not going to get weeks like last week every week. That was a special week. Uh, Really strong games in each window and a staggered as well. I don't remember who it was on Twitter that made this point, but the games, you had Oklahoma-Texas at noon, then Penn State-Iowa at four, and then Alabama-Texas A&M at eight, staggered and on three different networks as well. You're not going to get weeks like that every week. Uh, I imagine that the NLCS will probably be the top telecast of the night in that prime time window, but obviously college football will be drawing the the most viewers when you gross it
1: across all networks. And you mentioned the Dodgers and the love-hate. The interesting thing about the Braves and them making it against whichever, and again, at the time that John and I are releasing the podcast, we don't know the result of Game 5 of Giants and Dodgers. But the Braves translates into the whole Southeast because everybody – From not just the Atlanta area, but from Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, even into Florida, South Carolina, elsewhere, they're Braves and they're ingrained for the last 40 years from the games having been on TBS, speaking of the 80s and the 90s. So it's uh, it's bigger in the southeast if they have the Braves in primetime for the National League. Interesting. The American League championship will be Sunday night uh, on Fox. And that's the Houston Astros, obviously, and the Boston Red Sox. Boo, they took down my Champa Bay Rays, the American League champs. But you get a Boston Northeast against Houston, and the Sunday night game is Seahawks-Steelers. We still believe the Sunday night game will win, but might that Houston-Boston put a dent in it some in primetime? You
2: know, good question. I mean, if you look back last year, the NFL and Sunday Night Football had to go up against the NBA Finals two weeks in a row, then the baseball playoffs. And I'm trying to figure out, I think it was just consecutive weeks, like four consecutive weeks that they faced the, either the NBA Finals or the LCS and and World Series. Uh, frankly, you know, game two, I guess, or wait, right. I think Sunday right. night would be game two of the NLCS Sunday night. Uh, so they won't face a Red Sox-Astros. Copy that. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's not the worst. It's not a game seven. You know, it's not the World Series. So I, 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 it, it might take a little bit out of it. But, you know, last year, I didn't even realize this. Same window last year, Rams 49, uh, Rams it's just a 7.1 and 12.6 million. I mean, it's not going to take anything to improve over that. You know, NBC is now at the portion of its schedule. It's going to get all these really easy increases because of how bad last year's numbers were. I mean, bad, you know, we're talking about the NFL relative, right? But, bad relative. Exactly. But now NBC is just going to be they don't have to do anything. They could uh, they could put on uh, the Jaguars and, 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 and see an improvement in ratings because of <laughs> I mean, this this period last year, you know, everybody else was doing so horribly in the ratings. The NBA finals at record lows, the baseball playoffs at record lows. Everyone kind of dismissed the fact that Sunday night football in particular was really struggling this time of year because of that competition. Those NBA and baseball games were at record lows, but that was still enough to harm Sunday night football. And of course, you had the election, all the craziness, all the madness,
1: and you know, the madness madness does continue. That is, that's for sure. We roll on on the sportsmediawatch.com podcast. You're hearing the voice of John Lewis. I'm TJ Reeves. Uh, We're going to get to love it or leave it here in another moment or two. Um, I want to come at it uh, again, uh, full disclosure, uh, the coverage of John Gruden and the uh, obviously um, harmful, hateful comments that are on all of these different emails. Uh, was everywhere over last weekend and the beginning of this week he's now no longer the coach of the Raiders again full disclosure I worked with John Gruden for seven seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing his pregame, postgame post-game interviews his radio show uh, I will say John what I've said to many others I never socialized with John Gruden to know about private life or any of this stuff it's horrifying to read and to see all these things So I I think everybody has pretty well weighed in and covered that. Uh, This is your uh, podcast here. I'll let you weigh in and cover that. I'm more interested in your thoughts just real quick on the media coverage of it as this really mushroomed and unfolded Monday afternoon, Monday night, while the baseball playoffs were going on and while the actual Monday night game was going on, the bigger story was the Gruden resignation and the media covering it, uh, putting out the emails through the New York Times, et cetera, in real time, it was fascinating Monday. What are your thoughts about all of this, real quick, before we move on?
2: Uh, I have surprisingly few thoughts. Uh, you know, it's been kind of difficult to pay attention to a lot of these things. I don't really even have thoughts about Kyrie and the Nets at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as far as Gruden goes, he's probably not going to be able to get another TV job. I do think he'll get back into the NFL. Um, fact of the matter is, it's not going to be as a head coach. Or anything like that, but I imagine that he'll get hired by somebody for some role. Maybe is, you know, wait for the heat to die out a little bit. Um, but I'm not expecting John Gruden to be banished into you know the forbidden zone. I mean, obviously, what he said was what he said. I'm not overwhelmingly surprised by it. I mean, it all seems like the kind of stuff that I imagine a lot of football coaches say. Like, there's very few football coaches who, if the same exact comments were attributed to them. I'd be sitting going, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. Right. I'd be shocked if Ernie Johnson was saying those things. Right. Okay? But that's that's about it. Right. So, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly trying to think of a single NFL coach where I'd be shocked if they said similar things in emails or behind closed doors. And I can't think of one.
1: I mean, well, I really Tony can't. Dungy comes to mind well, and he was yeah. so Tony Dungy was on the Sunday night broadcast and remember they had the long delay during the Kansas City Buffalo game because of weather because of lightning. So they brought the John Gruden stuff back up. I thought it was very interesting that Mike Tirico weighed in and said the same thing that hey, I, I've worked with him. And in, and in a different way, he socialized with him and become friends with him. And at that time, Tirico didn't know the extent of all of the emails which came out Monday. <sighs> But Tony Dungy condemned it on Sunday night. I watched part of that in the local Tampa Bay market. Tony Dungy has been sounding off to the media here about, you know, we should not all be categorized as football coaches, exactly what you were saying, with thoughts and feelings like this. Um, and, and it's a shame that everybody's going to get cast in that light, that John Gruden's comments stand for, <laughs> stand for him, stand for what he, what he had to say uh, in those emails. And again, Dungy is, is one of those, that's almost above reproach. Uh, with his attitude and his actions so it's just interesting that he's intertwined too as a former buccaneer coach uh cetera. just one more to bring it back the media coverage of this and here we hear it again for for journalism and being able to uncover the emails there's an argument about the nfl and leaking of the emails but the journalism on this uh rooted out what was there, and made this into a humongous story as it should have been, and John Gruden's no longer the coach of the Raiders. That's it.
2: I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to say I have no opinion, but it's like right. you know, I don't know. I wasn't overwhelmingly surprised. Uh, I, I, you know, I didn't retreat to my fainting couch. You know, <laughs> I mean. My opinion of Gruden hasn't changed, honestly, because I didn't really have one to begin with. I mean, I wasn't sitting around going, you know, hey, John Gruden is my paragon of moral virtue. Right. I mean, he's my ultimate role model who I look toward as a beacon of light. You no, know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm not, you know, I don't know. Like what, it, At the very beginning of this, when it was just the comment about Demoris Smith, right, you know, I thought to myself, Oh, I'm shocked. I, I can't believe that, you know, someone would say, I mean, we, this is, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to brush it off as locker room talk, right? You know, I don't want to brush it off as that. But, I mean, none of us are those in the woods here. We, we know that there's a lot of ugliness that, uh, especially in the, uh, you know, pre-Twitter era, was just kind of flying around. Uh, and um, that's not an excuse by any means. Sure. It's just, I'm not... I'm not surprised
1: or shocked you. You're even shaken. Would you be surprised if we do not see more revelations from inside the Washington football team, their own mm-hmm. internal emails, Dan Snyder, the owner, because a lot of people believe that's the other shoe that's about to drop. Now that all this has happened with John Gruden and on emails with Bruce Allen, their former president of the Washington mm-hmm. Redskins slash Washington football team. Would you be surprised or shocked if we don't have more of this controversy and those emails don't come out, John, just real quick from the reporting. And obviously, Donald
2: Sterling was removed. But I just don't see there ever being a circumstance, again, where you will see a sports owner subject to the same things that everybody else is subject to. They own the team. It's theirs. It is his. He, you know, if they, if he, we don't need emails from Dan Snyder. We've got the goods on Dan Snyder already. We've already got him dead to rights, right? What are we talking about? Well, you know, these emails, that'll knock him out.
1: Oh, yeah. So it remains to be seen what else we find out about Dan Snyder and if he is going to remain in power or not. Um, you You make mention of Donald Sterling just briefly before the NBA removed him. And I don't know that we're going to go to that extent, but stay tuned. Stay tuned for the Washington NFL team. I know what else we have to stay tuned for. That happens right now. Here we go. Love it or leave it. I'm on my way at the time that we're releasing the podcast to Philadelphia for the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Thursday night football should be highly rated. Again, it's against the baseball uh, playoffs. I am curious. I do not know the answer. Love it or leave it. Go back to food. Philly cheesesteak. Are you a Philly cheesesteak guy? John Lewis, love it or leave it.
2: I mean, you know, I've had it before. Uh, I've had it in the regular sandwich form. I've also had it in hot pocket form. Uh, probably (laughs) isn't the way to, probably isn't the way to have it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't had in a long time and I haven't had any desire to. So that must mean I'm not a huge fan. You know, you would think cheese and steak would be really good, but, uh, no, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a lot like the most recent seasons of It's Always Sunny, where it seems like it should be good, but then you take a bite and it's hugely disappointing. So.
1: <laughs> and you're good with the bell peppers and the onions and the way that they mac it out with all the stuff? You're good with that?
2: I'm not sure steak. I've had it. I'm not okay. sure I've had it like that. Maybe I haven't cheese, had to, yeah. the
1: Philly cheese has that. That's that's in there. Mm-hmm. So depends on uh, on various parts. So uh, I'll, I'll take that as a no. I'll take that as a leave yeah. it on the cheesesteak. Yeah. Let's move on. Love it or leave it. Analysts for replay, where we bring them in at former officials, former umpires, former game analysts. Uh, I think Mike Pereira was the forerunner and he was fantastic at giving his opinion more and more. This is my belief that the former referees are a little too, or or umpires are a little too wishy-washy on this should be the call. That's obviously wrong. John, love it or leave it. The former official analysts, are you, are you still on that train and you love those or can you just leave it? And we don't have to have them as much anymore.
2: I don't think we have to have them as much anymore, although I will say Mike Pereira is very good. Don't forget all this started with Mendy Rudolph back at CBS way back in the 70s. Uh, I think, you know, I don't know. I I think
1: there's too many of them. Uh, They're not all very good. But uh, by the same token, you need to have somebody that understands the rules if you're you're not uh, familiar with it as the broadcasters. But I'm just saying if you're going to have the person there looking at the replay, they need to be stronger, in my opinion, with – that's the right call or no, it's not the right call. Too many times it's too political. Like they don't want right. to call out their former buds, their former fraternity on you got the call wrong. When we can yeah. see he stepped out of bounds or he doesn't have possession or the ball is foul or whatever it is.
2: I will say what they're doing with that is Turner wants, you know, fireworks. They're bringing in colorful people. This, this is a bizanet character. I've honestly never heard him speak or seen him right? But he seems to inspire a lot of passions, that's for certain. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because they're doing all that and also bringing in Gretzky. They're bringing in Gretzky for the name, but he is not going to bring in any passion
1: at all. Will he uh, give I mean, any criticism? We've talked about that before. Will he criticize? Yeah. Will he bring it? And we we both are shaking our head right now yeah. on the podcast he, on that.
2: He's Cal Ripken 2.0, right? Turner brought in Cal Ripken for baseball because of the name. And Cal Ripken wasn't really all that good. And, you know, I mean, he was Pleasant, you know, pleasant enough. But uh, he just kind of was very milk toast. And, uh, you know, Gretzky is going to be probably the same way. Messier uh, on ESPN, Messier will probably be better. Uh, one, Messier already uh, has had a long television career as the Mr. Clean mascot. So he's very experienced. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I, I think Gretzky just does not have... One, he's not doing it for any other reason than they asked him. And that's a big thing. You have to want to do it. I don't think he really cares, you know. Uh,
1: And uh, they only want him for the name. So, yeah. We'll see how that goes on the Turner Studio Show. I think we'll leave it right there for Love It or Leave It. We remind you again uh, for all of uh, our takes on this podcast, however you found it, through sportsmediawatch.com, through a social media link, You need to be subscribed or following us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, subscribe everywhere else on Stitcher, on Spreaker, on Google Play, on Podcast Addict. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find SportsMediaWatch.com podcast and rate us, review us because more people will see it. More people will find it. Uh, John, I know you're publicizing through the site as well. Many people are enjoying it. Tell others about it. Rate us and review us and spread the word. Share it out on social media and spread the word. John, any final thoughts in closing? As I mentioned, I'm headed to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Hopefully I survive with the Buccaneers here <laughs> midweek and Thursday night football. Any final thoughts as we head towards the weekend?
2: You uh, well, credit to Matt Baskergeon for the uh, very great call at the end of game three of the ALDS in Boston. The Rays obviously were badly mistreated in that game, but nonetheless, it was an excellent call by uh by best courage and very lucky but nonetheless you have to be good to get lucky in this industry to
1: elaborate he had he was talking about a walk-off home run for a catcher right he almost spoke it into existence and then it yeah. happened right is what you're referencing yeah.
2: exactly and you know that gets back to just the preparation one having that statistic ready to go in that context is again he got lucky but you have to be good to get lucky right because he had that statistic ready to go Uh, You know, uh, Mark Zumoff has a book about uh, broadcasting, the x sixers broadcaster, and he, you know, that that to me is, uh, for his next edition, he should put that one in there. Uh, as a great example um that's just some unsolicited advice but uh i also wanted to mention the 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 wnba you know I, we've talked about the wnba a little bit mm-hmm. you know they espn was celebrating yesterday uh the audience for game one of the finals it was the largest for game one of the finals since 2017 but there's some caveats there uh it was the first game one of the finals on abc since 2017 and you know we're Talking about 456,000 viewers, and for a matchup of that quality, Diana Taurasi versus Candace Parker, you got it. You got to have a higher bar than that. Uh, and I think for the WNBA, I've mentioned it on the site. I'm not sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before. They got to get out of football season. You know, they they, they really do. Uh, they they're doing themselves no favors. The schedule has two games opposite the NFL, uh, and then Game Five, if it goes there, is going to be opposite the NBA opening night. It's it's madness. But tonight will probably be the most watched game of the series. You have no baseball playoffs on ESPN, and the game has an NBA lead in. Now, the NBA preseason is not that big of a draw. A couple of years ago, Zion was in the preseason, and you had some pretty big numbers, like maybe a million viewers here or there. Probably tonight, you're not going to get a million. But for the WNBA, Anything over 600,000 is a really, really strong audience. Season high right now is 755,000 for a regular season game. They might not get there, but uh, this will be the most watched game of the series. If they get lucky, they'll get a good one. But uh, they got to get out of football season, they got to end it by Lakeland
1: Day. They used to. And now yeah, they, they do. and for TV scheduling purposes, they now have switched that around. We'll see. High quality there with the ladies. Uh and, and it's now in their finals and it adds to the mix of college football this weekend, baseball playoffs, the NHL back, and uh, obviously the NFL. John's writing about all of it on sportsmediawatch.com. Yep. My friend, thank you. I always appreciate the insight uh, here on the podcast. And uh, we'll be watching this week, all that happens, and come back and talk more about it next week. Thank you, sir. Ain't no problem. There is John Lewis. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for finding us on the SportsMediaWatch.com podcast. Bye.